Welcome back to another edition of Every Step of the Way Bible Study Discussion Group. Um, a little more information about us. We're more of a discussion forum. A group of brothers that get together every Tuesday and talk about the gospel, share the gospel, share scriptures. And we tie it in with real life situations and, and try to make it plain. And, and hopefully everybody can relate to it. And, and we try to just bounce things off each other and make it make sense to to the average man or even a seasoned, even a seasoned person in the word. So hopefully you enjoy it. It's the group discussion everyone wants more of. The type of conversation people want to be a part of. We share the gospel, scriptures, and we talk real life situations. You've heard us and followed us on Facebook Live. Now you can watch us right here on the Vision Live Network. The wait is over. It's now time for the Hour of Truth. Welcome to the Every Step of the Way Bible Discussion Podcast. The real starts now. Praise man, I'm trying to get my um my medication. I'm trying to find it. The misplaced. Yeah, I got to pray. I'm good. I'm listening. Got to sir. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for this appointed hour. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to assemble ourselves on the Zoom call, Lord God. Father God, as we study your word to show ourselves approved, Lord God, we actually open up our hearts and minds, Lord God, as we go through these airwaves, telling people, Lord God, about the goodness of Jesus Christ, Lord God, and that he live and he soon return. Mm -hmm. That as we walk this walk, Lord God, we can walk in peace, love, and harmony, Lord God. Understanding that none of us are perfect, Lord God, but in Christ Jesus, we can do all things. Father God, we just thank you right now for our family and friends, Lord. We thank you for our neighbors, Lord God. We thank you for those that are on their way to the Zoom call for wherever they're at or whatever they're doing. Give them safe travel, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus Christ. And we ask you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, that as the people understand that the word is going to live forever, Lord God. It will not return void. It is your word that created the heavens and the earth and all that is within, Lord God. And we thank you right now, Jesus. It's in your mighty majestic name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, man. Awesome prayer, brother. Awesome prayer. Yes, um, another, another Tuesday night, but just happened to be on Wednesday. Had some issues last night. I apologize to anybody who's watching. Who was looking forward to it, anticipating us? But here we are. We're here. And with that being said, I'm gonna turn it over to Brother Josh. I'm really excited about it. So, Brother Josh, take us home. All right. Um, the three scriptures that I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, teach from come out of First Peter, chapter four, verse fifteen and sixteen. And it says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Uh, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises Wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false hit witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. And then the third one is Psalms 101, uh, chapter five, I mean, verse five. It says, Whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. 
whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. And basically, this is this is something that I, I had come across and I started looking more into it, um, talking about meddling and being a meddler, meddling in other people's business and things like that. And I didn't know that it was looked so uh, it was looked so down upon in the Bible that it's lumped together with um, being a murderer or a thief in that aspect. And uh, the first thing I looked up was uh, what is meddling? The, def- the dictionary definition and it's intrusive or unwarranted interference. Um, and I know, take a page out of uh, y'all book, my brothers, I know I'm guilty of meddling um, in one way or another, whether it be purposeful, uh, because I think I'm helping a friend or a family member or unintentional by being overly confident in myself and assuming that I got this instead of God having this through me or either letting God take care of it. Um, one of the things that I did notice is the Bible does not differentiate between good or bad meddling. It clearly compa- compares meddling, like I said, being a murderer or being a thief. All right, so the first thing I looked at is what are the, the, the downfalls of meddling? And I think the biggest one is um, something I'm, I'm sure none of us want to do, which is we could be interfering in God's work. Um, I know there's been times in my life when my mama, my grandma, aunts, uncles, anybody who uh, I just trusted to the ends of the earth has given me advice, and I just couldn't hear them at the time. Um, I remember the time when I was younger, I was probably around 13 or 14 or so. And um, when, my, when I stayed with my grandparents, my grandparents on my mom's side, I stayed with and my great grandmother on my dad's side, I stayed right beside her. She was our neighbor. And after she passed away, nobody ever moved in the house. But growing up, we were always just a field in between the two houses. We always played in that field, basketball, football, rock, go karts and everything. And it was a clothesline down there. Clothesline ran probably the length of the yard and it was a ditch up under it. And we would always get out there and want to play on the clothesline and jump over the ditch. And um, grandma would always tell us, y'all, get off the clothesline. Y'all going to get hurt. Get out, stay off the clothesline. Us being kids, we didn't pay any attention. Um, and I, I think, I'm not going to say that grandma was meddling, but I think in our delivery sometimes, it can come off as oh, you know, she just don't want to see us have no fun. And um, my cousin Anthony, he fell off the clothesline one day, fell in the ditch, and he broke his arm. And um, at, at that moment, you know, I'm country, we hard-hit anyway. So we kept on playing like, oh, he's just clumsy. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's on him. We, it ain't going to happen to us. And my little cousin Brianna, she fell. She broke her arm. And after that, and I needless to say, after it happened that second time, that's when we got to the point where it's like, you know what? Nah, we <laughs> maybe we need to do something else. But I say that I share that story to say that I, I sometimes us delivering a message, if, if somebody's not ready to hear it, if God hasn't prepared them for it, we miss the message when it comes from others. Like I said, my grandma would tell us all the time, stay off that clothesline, stay off that clothesline. And I think what happened was is we looked at her, looked at looked at it like she was trying to take our fun when in actuality, sometimes we would slip off and we just wouldn't get hurt. We was missing God's warnings because we was paying attention to grandma, like she trying to take our fun. We gonna sneak, we gonna have our fun anyway. And then when the danger really comes, is God speaking and he, he really he finally get through to us, like, okay, you know, this is what I'm trying to prevent y'all from. But I think sometimes it it, it gets lost in the uh in the delivery of how we deliver things that can block God's word from coming through. And y'all got any, anybody got anything that they want to expound upon on that? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna share this meddling with you. Uh, this is back in my younger days. Every Friday night, my sister and her husband used to get in the office. Every Friday night, they called me. And here I go flying up there, getting in the middle. One day, the light came on. Normally, when the person that comes and get in the middle is the one that get hurt. So the Lord did give me sense enough to tell him, I'm not coming up here no more. Y'all work it out. And he allowed me to walk away without getting hurt. But most of the time, that type of situation, actually, somebody gets hurt, and it's normally the person that's called itself coming to the rescue. But I thank God. I thank God that he allowed me. And I apologize to him because I was wrong. Me and him, they divorced, but me and him still friends today. And like I said, that's my sister. But I apologize because I had no business running up there in a in meddling in their marriage. That's right. their Yeah, that, that's their marriage. I had no business doing that. But like you said, meddling, and meddling can cause a lot of problems. And there's a, like, we do it sometimes without thinking about it, meddling other folks' business. And, you know, we shouldn't. It's just not a good thing, but yeah, yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I had I had something I wanted to add too. I can uh, relate to what you know, the grandmother was telling you. I can relate to what my mom told me not not to go down to the swimming hole. They were building a bridge that connects Baltimore uh, from Dundalk to Baltimore to Baltimore, and uh, she told me not to go down and go swimming. Well, the story is I'm still around. And then the lesson, and I learned a lot because uh, being disobedient, being disobedient, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go through something when you when you're not heeding to the word of what your parents are telling. You know, I swallowed a lot of water today, but that didn't mean because of what she said. I did go through some undue pain and suffering on myself. I self-inflicted myself because I was disobedient. But the blessing part is that I'm here today to talk to you guys because God spared my life. And now I can look back on it from listening to the word that came from John, listening to the word and knowing that it was prophetic. And it's the reason why I'm here and to be able to sit up here and talk to y'all tonight. Amen. 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 I think um, going over there, one of the verses that I, uh, scriptures that I thought about was Proverbs 16 and 9. And it's a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Um, and like like both of you brothers said, I think a lot of times we want to jump in, especially as men, we, we want to fix it. We want to fix a problem. Any problem that arises, we want to fix it. Right. And, you know, like you said with your sister, brother Robert, um, I've been through the same things with family members. I'm sure everybody else has as well. They they have a problem that comes up and we always want to puff up to be there to take and fix it. But how many times do we jump up and we try to fix it with you without consulting God first? How many issues that really mm -hmm. cost when we when we jump head first into a situation? Jesus. Um, and I mean, it, 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 I said it to say, how can we possibly help others if we don't have confirmation from God? Because if we don't have confirmation from Him, He's not ordering our steps. So how can His will be done? Instead of instead of one fire, now we're looking at at least three, because we didn't consult God. We we mm -hmm. running over there. It's generally going to be some anger. It's going to be godly, godly like thoughts and emotions. 
And so instead of it being one isolated fire, we we taking it from one to at least three. And now we going to God when it's get out of control, when we should go to him first in everything that we do. Right. Amen. Amen. Especially knowing that, that we don't have the power to fix nothing. <laughs> we don't have issues ourselves. So how are we running the meddling somebody else? <laughs> Most of the time we meddling in stuff we've done or are doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's leaning on the side of being hypocrite in it from the start. Ain't no way God gonna be a part of that. That's right. I think I think um brother Glenn said it before, and I think he said it best. He said uh how how dare we try to go and fix somebody else when we need God to fix ourselves? Right, man. Right. Um, and that brings me to my next point. Why do we meddle? Um, I think a lot of times it's because we we care deeply, whether it's because we vested by love or a relationship um, with our family, with our friends, with our significant other. Uh, but there's another uh, side of the coin as well. Sometimes it's because we're bound by anger or contempt. Um, how many times have we had a situation where we sit at home or, you know, wherever we may be, it could have just been each other because I, I can speak from it because I done did it. I know Ty probably get tired of hearing me sometimes, but um, so when we like, oh, you know, uh, such and such is just, you know, they're, they're arrogant and they're a jerk um, because of something that they may have done to us. And that's meddling as well because imagine if they get back to that person. Um, how's that going to make them feel? They're going to want to strike out. They're going to want to lash out and, you know, say their piece or speak what's on their mind. And if we go into a situation like that, what if God is working them on their arrogance? And what if all they need is for us to really be the example or us to really be the change so that it can convict them so that it lets God in there to go ahead and fix the issue on them or whatever that they're going through. So we need to make make sure uh, that, you know, even even with our love, we, we got to treat our loved ones and we got to treat those who may do something bad to us or, you know, cross us in any kind of way. We got to we gotta keep that godly mentality and treat them with God's love because we could be using us as a vessel to get through to them in a situation they be struggling with. Sometimes, sometimes meddling comes from a place of judgment. I've seen it oftentimes that's the case. I think I know more than them, or they, we think we know more than them. Or you don't know, you, you young, you don't know about relationships. I've been married 40 years, you know what I'm saying? You, you should be doing that. You know what I'm saying? You, you should pick this kind of man, you should pick this kind of woman. And so a lot of times melon come from a place of judgment and also a place of arrogance also, like, because mm-hmm. I'm at a place and, and, and the person that I'm melanin might not be there, so if it, we feel like it, oftentimes we feel like it gives us the right to meld it when that's not the case at all. But it comes from a place of judgment because of certain level or just longevity in certain things or just experience in certain, just because I have experience in something does not give me a free pass to meddle in someone who's less experienced life. Um, and like I said, the, the, the other corner there is us always us meddling as well. And um, our loved ones' affairs, uh, like Brother Robert said again, we love that person so much, and we just want them to get it so right that we we project our own thoughts or interject our own feelings on it to try and get them to see the light or see where we're coming from. And like I said, it's got to be all in God's time, so we got to ensure that we're not pressing too much. Yeah, we want to pray for people and give them advice and things like that, but we don't want to press and put too much and let our own personal 
feelings or projections come off on it because that could that could lead them astray as well. You know what I find funny is that oftentimes the Holy Spirit will whisper something to us, and it's as simple as pray for that such and such, pray for brother such and such, mm-hmm. pray for sister such and such. But we oftentimes don't do that. Mm-hmm. But let some have them. Let brother brother Robert's sister call. <laughs> <laughs> I jump in the car in a second and go down there. But when mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, we get that unction in the Holy Spirit and we know it is. We know it's the Holy Spirit saying, pray for such and such. We don't always do that. But let the phone ring and say, hey, he, he got me or he done threw something at me or he flipped, he knocked a notebook on the on the floor. We mm-hmm. will go down there without hesitation. But just a simple prayer, heartfelt prayer is because that's all we can do anyway. Most of the time mm-hmm. we can't do nothing but pray. That, that, that that's on the positive side we can't do nothing but pray anything that we do in the natural and the physical is gonna be bad every time but i want to i want to i want to give um josh i ain't trying to jump in but i want to give a definition of of what webster say metal is because sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes we we take things out of context and god give us an alibi and the alibi is this the caveat to meddling is this it, the definition says to involve oneself in a matter without right or invitation. Mm. So, Robert, in your case, when somebody calls you, you have been invited to yeah. meddle in the situation. So mm-hmm. once you get the call mm-hmm. from your sister, That's according good. to what the definition means, you're OK. Meddling means when you when you just jumps in and you don't have a right. And right, you don't, right. and you have you not be been invited. Now right. you becomes a meddler because right. nobody wants you in this, but you in it anyway. Right. But once you get a call from somebody or a family member or whatever, because it says to interfere officiously and unwanted. See, if you're unwantedly, then you become a meddler. But if you if somebody asks you to help them, hey, that's not a meddler. That's good, Jay. That's good. Mm. I like that. And with and Webster don't really have, have its definition. And that is fact. The men they come in, like I said, well, it's always that person that gets hurt or or, or, or makes it worse. And even even though it's an invitation, I think I think you said it, Todd, it's still God wasn't sought first. Right. Right. So there's no good that's actually going to come out of it because I didn't. I know I didn't see God at first before I went there. And you know, we, we all drunk, we all drinking, we all doing all kind of crazy stuff, and it's it just no good to come out of it. So what about now? What about now, though, Robert? Oh no! Now that you are a man of God, no, nothing good can come out of it if the yes. individual calls you. Yes. Go with the with the will of God in mind yes. because you don't have to seek God when you're already about God's business. Yes. So you, right. you will go in automatically. Hey guys, let's 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 calm this down. Let's you know, yes. hey, let's you you'll go in right now, Robert. I know you'll go in right now talking to them about the word of God. That's right. Trying to find a reason for them to calm down and showing them the love of God the right way. And I you know, I, I just think, you know, like you're saying, there's always something good out of something bad. And when right. it depends right. on how you use it to where you become meddling. That's why I agree with the definition, because any one of us who's who's about God's business, if somebody calls us, if we go in it with the right mentality about God, 
then we 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 okay. God God is gonna accept that. If you that's go right. into it and make it messier, then you become a meddler because you have made it worse than what it was. You know that's what I'm right. saying? So, that's right. That's, that's and you can tell, and you can tell how you went in when you leave. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when you leave, oh, is the temperature up? That's right. Temperature down when you leave. Right. If it went up, you went in with the wrong. <laughs> you went in with the wrong game plan. If you go in right. with the love of God inside of you, it it has to go down. Might not go down drastically, but it has to go down somewhere. And, and Jerome, you're so right. If you get that phone call today, your first thought is it, it, to try to help. So. You know, I mean, well, well, they, Robert, I can speak on it because and thought know this to be true, and I'm not throwing nobody on the bus. I've received that call in yeah. my from my daughter, and I love my I love my baby. She if she watching this, I, I love you. But when I go in, I have to go in now saying, okay, I know my daughter. You know who you get the phone call from. It ain't always the other person when you get that phone call. Now right. she right. may be getting the buck of it and, and getting a hard way to go. But when you go in, you got to be objective and say, okay, y'all just stop this because they're going to end up back together anyway if it's a relationship type of thing. That's you right. know, and then you're going to get all worked up and get all in trouble, and then they back together within a week. So you go in with a good frame of mind that you just want to calm this down. Hey, let them go on by his business for a separate. You try to get the guy or, or girl, whoever it may be, to go their separate ways. But don't get so involved where you thought throwing blows and, and make the situation worse. Go in right. with the love of God and handle it in the right manner, and then – it go it, it calms down because God is right, involved. Right, right, yeah. right. That's good. That's good. Yes. I think that's that's where it gets that that line gets blurred. Is like Jerome, the example you used. Um, because if you didn't go into it the way you did objectively, like okay, let me really get to the bottom of the issue, and we start portraying our our, our selfish thoughts or feelings on it. Because let's just say, is if your daughter is in a relationship, you don't want her with that individual. And the first time something happened, and you start portraying it, well, you shouldn't be with him anyway. Yeah. You right. know, you, 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 that's how it, it, it evolves Amen. because we use it for selfish games. I can't touch that one tonight. <laughs> and think, about, think about what Jerome said about the objectively, though. Yeah. You know how many, you know how many people we've lost by the wayside as men of God? Amen. Because yeah. when trust me, they go back to even if it's just those two people, right? They going to talk to somebody when they leave, right? But Jerome came over and he just took he just took his daughter's side. Right. And every time some situation come up, one of us don't don't handle it objectively, then it it, it stains and taints the kingdom. Because if God is who He is and He is, if Jesus is who He is and He is, if that's who I I love and profess to follow. I can't run up in my daughter's situation and just automatically assume she's right. Amen. I have to, as a man of God, I have to be objective. I have to listen to both sides. And so for anybody who's in, involved or around the situation, they see the difference in what a man of God looked like in a worldly man. I, just, right. I just wanted to, I ain't want to just skip that because I felt that yeah. when he said it, I know, I know that we lose people because we don't handle things objectively because Amen. that's kind of what the difference is. can if I don't, then I'm still the man in the world. Objectively, even if it hurt a little bit, I know that the right way, that the way that God would deal with this is X, Y, Z. And I have to go that route every time, not some of the time. That's right. That's right. It, it happens over time. You know, you get the same phone call about the same two people over time. And mm -hmm. you learn over years to handle it differently. You handle it differently because you've seen this song and dance too many times. 
So right. now you know, hey, I'm just gonna go in here. At first, when it first happened, you go in there ready to, you know, you ready to, you know, attack a bear. But then when you when they when they got back together three or four times and there's still stuff going on, then you say to yourself, okay, I gotta go in there with an objective mind frame. I've seen right. both sides. I've seen her show out. I've seen her him do his thing to try to protect himself. I've seen it all both sides. So now you go in and just saying, hey, let's just watch this for the night. You go your way, she go her way, and then y'all calm down, and then eventually y'all figure out how y'all gonna talk about it. But for as you go, you go back home, and then everything copacetic, everything calms down. Right, right, right. That's the way I like handling it. Right. Don't make right. it right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I get um Brother George, I got a question for you. How do you handle situations or how do you how do you tread that line uh in, in the church? Because you know, your role as you are pastor and everything, how do you make sure that you tread that line between helping and making sure that you're not meddling in the church? Mm. That's a good one, Josh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I tell you i um i approach uh everything with i i kind of look at it like i don't know why this it's almost like do unto others as you have done unto you so you almost have to reflect look at yourself from from when you were a young man and when you're dealing with the individuals that you're dealing with of course every is different but what I found, I always approach the, the love aspect of it and try to, and then the main thing I do, I, I, I mean, because it's tough, I go to God and ask God to help me through the situation and really have to be objective, you know, very objective with, and look at both sides. And then, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, what Jerome was saying. You have to stand back and you have to really, and sometimes you have to, to- show tough love to people. Mm-hmm. No, you do, and 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 it and it'll come out. But you got to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you what to say because everybody ain't at that level, and they mm-hmm. and they and sometimes they're just young Christians, and and we're dealing with that in the church. Uh, and let me let me let me give you an example. I can remember, I can remember me and my wife. And I hope this is a good. Me and my wife were going through something in our marriage. And um, I had to deal with people from the church calling me concerned and wanting to get involved with my marriage, what my wife was doing. So, and, and I'm gonna tell you, I was a, um, I was a, uh, uh, I was assistant pastor. You know, I was assistant pastor of the church. And so the way I handled it, I, I said, um, the first thing I did is one of the a minister kept calling and sending texts and, and, and calling us on the phone. But what I did, because I didn't want to belittle her, I went to her husband and I said, Minister Andre, could you please talk to your wife uh, concerning my marriage? I said, the, the, what's going on between my wife is between God, me, and my wife. Anything concerning the church, I'm more than willing to talk to her about it. But I won't talk to her about anything concerning my wife and what, and what God is doing with us. Right. So when I did that, he, he taught instead of me talking to her directly. You see, there there's the divine order in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the way that's the way I had to handle it. And so with that being said, you have to be very objective and you can't take sides. Just like Jerome was saying, you can't take sides. So when I pray and then God give me that spirit 
to know how to speak to that person on their level and what is right and concerning them. And because I have, I have did, I'm going to be honest, I had to do some negative counseling with, with some men, you know, and I had to pull them on the side. I had to, it almost like I, I had to get real with them, you know, mm -hmm. because the thing of it is you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you, you cannot condone bad behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to stand for what is right. And a lot of times when, when you're somebody's friend or you're close to them, you want to kind of, uh, you don't want to stir up anything with them and you, and, and you might side with, but that's the wrong way to do it. Because that's just like, if, 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 if I'm talking to Jerome and Jerome here talking and, and if Jerome say, hey, 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 look, George, look, man, that ain't right. This the way, whether I'm a minister, whether um, I'm a bishop, it doesn't matter if I'm a lay person. We have to be mature Christians in this thing. We, we, it, we, we can't be like the world was. You know, you heard the saying, misery love company. Mm -hmm. We, we, we got to see God has sanctified it. He set us apart. He set us apart for that use, and that's, that's what we got to do. Josh, I hope I answered your question, man. No, you did. You did. And I, I, I also heard, I think, without you saying it is, we can't take it personal either. No, we cannot. We cannot. Mm -mm, we cannot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even the thing, and, it's, and the people that are close to the close to us that we love, you mm -hmm. got to show, got to give them the truth. You know, that's like my sister. I had I had to tell her some things when I was going through some stuff when trying to get my mom in the nursing home because she mm -hmm. wanted to pull them out out back out the nursing home and bring her home because she felt a certain kind of way. God had already fixed all of that. It's just like when God had pulled them people away from Pharaoh and a lot of people wanted to go back. Right, right, right. You mean, right. why go back? You know, you should, if God delivered you from something, you be delivered and set free. And when I explained it to her and I broke it down to her, I said, baby, look at the pain that you was going through at that time and how we prayed and how God delivered you from that. I didn't go up there by accident. God had, before I even got God had ordered the steps for everything to flow. All we had to do was pray and get out and move out the way and salvation of the Lord. Sometimes we pray and we need to move out the way. Sometimes we don't need to interject anything. Let God do what he got to do. Right. Amen. Um, Brother George, uh, I'm going to share this secret with you now. Mm -hmm. I don't think nobody else can hear me. Uh -huh. I like for him to take control all the time. There you don't go, <laughs> I just stay out of the way. <laughs> I just get out of the way. Yes, right. I, try to I do. I do. I've made too many mistakes. Right. So I, I'd rather just let him do it first. I know it's yeah. done. I, I don't have to worry about right. me touching it and, and messing it up. If the right. Lord is done, whichever way he do it. Right. Whether right. he said yes or whether he said no, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to move on. That's, that's right. just it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, that's good stuff you put out. That's yes, good. Man. Good. And Jerome, I, I, I like the way you, you, you flip stuff to the worldly aspect. I want to ask you your opinion on someone who may be new, that may be a babe in, in, in Christ, or, or they may not they may not be there yet. How how would you explain to them how they should take it up, take it to God and really let God take care of the situation like that? Or how should they handle that, handle that in a situation, 
I'm sorry. How should they handle themselves if they're in a situation like that with metal? Well, number one, it it comes over time. It comes over time. So you have to you have to tell them first. They got to back off. They got to learn. You got to learn to get yourself out of the way and right. just tell people that hey, I don't want no parts of it. If you knew and you trying to grow, the more you put yourself in bad situations, you it's hard to continue to grow with Christ. So you have right. to learn to step away when you see a situation coming and you know you was a meddler before you came to Christ and now you're going to be a meddler while you're with Christ. You got to right. learn and say, it's just like me having a bad habit with anything. We got to start right. first by backing off, saying, hey, right. I don't want no parts of it. I'm going to let y'all, I'm going to let y'all handle that. But right. then if it's a family member, then they got to pray about it first. They got to pray about it, pray about the situation. Right. And you see that a lot in, right. in, in mothers and, and fathers of marriages. They want to tell their children how right. they should live and, and dictate what they should do and meddle in in their home. Tell them, hey, you got, and, and the kids have a tendency because that mom and dad to listen. So right. you have to learn to separate yourself from that. Just like separating ourselves from any other sin that we may right. be struggling with. So oh, I would tell a new person that's dealing with meddling or dealing with parents that may be meddling in their marriage or in their relationship. They got to exactly. tell their parents, they got to they gotta be strong enough to tell the parents, hey, let me deal with this. Especially if it's a marriage. Especially right. if it's a marriage. That's why the words say you must cling to your, your wife and your husband and y'all should become one. And that's why exactly. the second phase of that said you must separate yourself from your family, from your mother and your father. That's Leave right. your mother and father. I'm, I'm, I'm probably not quoting it the way it's supposed to be quoted. But Robert understand he'll quote it for you probably. Yeah. You, can, you know what I'm saying? So, But, but that's why, because we have to learn, man, that that some some things that you go through, you just gotta go through it. You gotta right. you gotta figure. Some people gonna learn better by figuring it out for themselves. That's everybody right. can't right. everybody can't dictate and help you with everything. So meddling in it sometimes makes it worse. Josh, to right. be honest with you, but a new person that, that, to answer your question, a new person will struggle with that one for a while until they get stronger in Christ. That's right. Amen. Amen. And that brings me to my my third point is how do we stop meddling? And I know it's I know it's probably cliche, and and it's probably been said a thousand times, and I'm gonna say it anyway because I believe it really is the, the way that we get there. And that's First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse four through eight. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. Love never fails. That's right. Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, we we as people, let's just break this down as simple, basic human beings, with, you know, whether we believe us or not. It starts with really genuinely caring about your brother, genuinely caring mm -hmm. about sister and and wanting to see the best for them not just saying it but really meaning it because i mean i think a lot of times and i've been guilty of it of saying oh you know I, I wish you the best when in the back of my mind i'm thinking you know you, you trip over that rock and you roll out in the road or something um and i think it's just we just um we we got to be real with ourselves we really got to show genuine love and i think the only way we do that is through christ um, we gotta love people order our steps and we really genuinely gotta care and we gotta like Jerome said, we gotta take ourselves out of situations. Um right. 
excuse me, we got to take ourselves out of situations because I think, um, and I know Ty said it a lot, when when Josh start doing this, messing around with what God got going on, whether it's in my life or anybody else's life, I mess it up. I jack it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody got anything they want to I just want to add one piece, one caveat to what you said. Josh, we got to learn to turn it over to God and let go. Mm-hmm. And that's whether it's your life or somebody else's life. We got to give it to God. God can handle it better than we can. We always gonna mess it up, but God will make it right. The answer, the answer to how do we stop meddling? For me, I always ask myself, how can I help the situation? How how could I hurt it? And what would God have me to do in it? You might you might get an answer to all three, or you might just get an answer to one. But if the answer, if I get a clear answer to how I can mess it up, I can't touch it. Right. If I if I get a clear answer to, I know that I can be negative to this situation. I can't touch it. I I, I might brush them off and say, "Hey, man, you call your pastor, whoever you trust." But I, I I can't help you with that, man. This has been a good night, man. It's about time for me to get out of here, man. Great topic tonight. This is this is not something that that believers talk about, honestly. I haven't really had that discussion with anybody before. So great topic tonight. Brother George, give me a takeaway. Oh, <clears throat> uh, man, I, I just, uh, man, as much, I mean, there's not a, blue, a blueprint for, because I do so much counseling, uh, marriage counseling, and I do uh, uh, counseling, uh, with, you know, when people are going through things. And so, Takeaway on the night, man, is I have to be careful myself when, when it comes to meddling. You know, right. honest, man, I have, to, I have to be able, you know, it's almost like what you said, uh, like Jerome and like what you were saying, Todd and Robert and Josh, some of the points you brought out. You, you, some things you, you have to stay away from. It's some, some things that you don't. If, if, if you're, and, and it, it could be, you know, in some areas, if you're not an expert or expertise or you haven't consulted God in that area, mm-hmm. you, you got to consult God first. And sometimes you just need to let, just let it go. Right. Let go and let God do what he needs to do. That's the takeaway I, I, I got from it tonight. Because even, even with my, even with my daughter and I was listening to Jerome, I had to back off of, of some of her relationships, you know, and it was something I did wrong too. You know, right. as I look back on those today, but but I thank God the way I am today, and now I can tell you that my daughter has a a, a, a husband that's a God fearing man, loves her and everything. But because over relationship, I was able through the help of the Lord help my daughter really find a, a, a man of God through Christ. Christ was the one that orchestrated everything, but she had to see an example in me. In, in order to see how 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 godly man is supposed to be, and it's a godly man live, and still that unconditional love too. Right, right. Good job, brother John. Good job, brother Ron. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and um, what I learned tonight is 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 this one thing: if you cannot be objective in anybody's situation, if it's so personal for you that you yeah. see it one side of it, and you know going in you're gonna see it one side, just stay out of it. Don't yeah. touch. Just right. Good job, good job, brother Josh. Um, yeah, I think just just uh, looking into this and studying on this, it 
I realized it's harder not to meddle in those that you care about because I mean you know you want the best for them, right? You want to see them succeed, you want them to, to see them win and everything that they do. And I think um one thing I took away from the night is sometimes when I do get in a situation like Jerome said and I feel like I'm not gonna be objective, I'm gonna have to find a way to leave it alone. Just let it go and let God. Right, right. Good job, brother Josh. Hey, great topic tonight, man. Before I turn it over. Brother Robert, he's gonna pray us out of here, man. The, the objective, being objective is such a strong, strong thing. We, for me, it's a requirement for us as believers and men of God. Like we, we can't be, we can't be so-so and 50, we can't be 50-50 with being objective. We have to be objective 100% of the time, even if right. it hurts. Even if right. it hurts. So that so that's my takeaway, man. Great, great lesson tonight. Brother Robert, take us on. I'm gonna I'm read this and I know we gotta get out. I'm just gonna read this. This is the same verse that you had, Josh. This is uh 17, first Peter. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if right. it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinners appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their soul to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You, uh, Brother George, you said the example you set for your daughter, and she saw a godly man. And Jerome, you were saying something similar on the lines earlier. And that's what we have to do. We have to be the God that we've been called to be and represent. So when somebody asks us, to intervene or to ask us about questions about the gospel, then we have to always be truthful and make right. sure we're in right. a better position than we found them. And right. just let God be God and everything everything should be all right. Because right. God made a mistake. He never made a mistake. Amen. He never will. So we always have to trust him and leave in the Lord and right. turn, like you said, by the new the new people are, are, are fresh believers. Hey, it's going to take time. Let God be God. We all had to start from the same place. Mm -hmm. That's my take. All right, brother, our prayers out of here. Prayers out of here. Yes, sir. We thank you. We thank you for tonight, Lord God. Father God, we know that it's not our normal night, but we're asking for your blessings, your understanding. Your will and your way, Lord God, that it continue to go forth. Bless those that are on the airways tonight, Lord God, near and far. Father God, we pray that your word touch somebody's heart, Lord God, and they cry like year. What must I do to be saved, Lord? Bless every home and every house, Lord God. Bless our families, our neighbors, near and far, Lord God. Father God, we just ask you right now that you continue to bless this place called Earth, Lord God that you created and saw that it was good, Lord. We know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, Lord God, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord God, that we're more than conquerors to him that love us, Lord God. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, and we ask that you bless those that were not able to get on tonight. Bless them in a mighty way, Lord God. Bless those that are here tonight, Lord God. Continue to keep us and guide us. It's in your mighty majestic name we pray, Lord God. Amen. 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 Hey, man. Great job tonight, guys. Love y'all. Man, thank y'all for y'all dedication, man. Great job tonight. Brother Robert, Bob Josh. Yes, sir.
Love you guys. Love y'all. Love y'all, man. Y'all have a good weekend. Love y'all. Yeah. Uh, and enjoy yourself, Todd. Oh, yeah. <laughs>